When I was living in uh, St. Louis, Missouri for six years, I was living um, right next to Ted Drew's ice cream. I don't know how many of you have ever been to Ted Drew's in St. Louis. It's the best ice cream in the country. And that was the reason I was 27 pounds heavier than I am right now. I knew I was, had a problem when they called me their chaplain. I went in there so often. But right next to Ted Drew's is one of the most beautiful churches in St. Louis. It's so beautiful. And I love going in there. I used to go in there and pray a lot. And they have probably the most beautiful statue I've ever seen in this country. It's beautiful. And it's called the Death or the Pieta of St. Joseph. And so in this, in this statue, it's really beautiful. St. Joseph has just died, and he's being cradled in Mary's hands right at the moment of death. And right here, leaning over her shoulder, is Jesus. And he's crying, and there's these big tears coming down his face with these tears just kind of stuck on his face as he's leaning over his deceased father. It's beautiful, beautiful image. Love it. And you know, I've thought so much, I used to go there and pray several times a week, and I've thought so much about, like, what does it mean to be a father? What does it mean to be a dad? And I would pray about this in the seminary because, you know, we're kind of dads. Even though we don't have biological children, we're kind of dads. You know, I, in my opinion, gentlemen, those of you that are dads and and grandfathers, I think the greatest gift that we can give our children is to show respect and love to their mother. The greatest gift, I really believe this, that we can give our kids is to let them see us showing respect and honor to their mom, even if, by the way, we're no longer together with their mom, that we're not bad-mouthing their mom. They were showing respect and honor to her. She's still their mother. I think it's the greatest gift we can give them. One, recently, one of, the, uh, one of our parishioners who's a dad, a new dad, he's kind of excited and like, oh my gosh, some of you know that feeling, like, oh, that's great, okay. Right? Like, this is going to happen. I'm a dad now. And one of the things he said was this, I think it's brilliant. He said, you know, Father, as dads, we don't raise heroes, we raise leaders. And in raising leaders, they become heroes. If for nobody else, then just to us. And he hasn't yet, his child's not yet been born. We don't raise heroes, we raise leaders, but if you raise leaders, they become heroes, even if they're just heroes for us, right? It's pretty good insight. No doubt Jesus, when he was growing up, saw his dad Joseph showing respect and honor to Mary. How many spoken words are there in jo of Joseph in the Scripture? Anybody know? How many words does St. Joseph say in Scripture? None. None. Why is that? Because Mary talks so much. No. 
It's not why. I just couldn't get a, a word in edgewise. So like, ah, 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 right. Poor guy. But, he, you know, it's amazing, right? It's amazing to think about. I think one of the reasons why Joseph, we hear nothing from him, he's given us an example. Speaking in other ways. We don't raise heroes, we raise leaders, but if you raise leaders, they become heroes, even if they're just heroes for us. You know, um, I, I've shared with our parish before, when I was, when I was growing up, I, was, I got in a lot of fist fights. And my dad did too, because my dad and I were both uh, small, so we got picked on a lot. And I did learn, um, I, I never won a fight, but I did learn a thing or two. If you find yourself, you can't avoid a physical altercation with somebody. I'm, I'm guessing some of us have been there. If you find yourself in that situation, I did learn a couple lessons. Number one, aim for some place on the face, preferably that which draws the most blood, and run. <laughs> run, okay? One woman said to me, Father, what, how does that, how do, why do you say that when Jesus said, turn the other cheek? I said, look, you can go to confession later, all right? <laughs> You got to protect yourself. Get out of there. All right. But you know, it's it, it's really one of the things that I believe is often overlooked with Saint Joseph is that Joseph was a protector. He was a protector, and it, and gentlemen, you know what this is like. Sometimes we have to protect, and we have to teach our kids how to protect themselves. Maybe it's not somebody who's physically hostile, but maybe they're emotionally toxic or dysfunctional. Or maybe our daughter is married to an abusive man, whatever it is. Maybe you have a, you know, a, a horrible boss and you have to protect yourself. Or your coworkers start spreading rumors about you, whatever. We all have times that we have to protect ourselves. Many times in Scripture, Especially in Matthew's Gospel, we hear about Jesus defending himself. Remember this scene? There's this great scene in Matthew's Gospel, and Joseph is just glowing because he has this newborn child. He's in Bethlehem. His wife is asleep, dead asleep, and the angel comes and wakes him up and says, Joseph, wake up, buddy. Get your wife, get the kid go to Egypt. It's interesting, isn't it? That the angel goes to him and not Mary. Unless, of course, there's something protective, like a papa bear instinct in us, right? That, gentlemen, we need to protect. It's our duty. By the way, side note, the catechism of the Catholic Church, you know what it says about this? It says, and I'm quoting, it says, we not only have the right, but the duty to protect ourselves and those in our care. Not only the right, but the duty. As a priest, I think of this every day in this crazy world we live in. It's my duty as dad to protect our people to the extent I can. Now, granted, if some hostile person came in, they probably wouldn't be too threatened by this, I guarantee you. You know? You know, one of the, um, 
One of the names that almost no American has ever heard of is a man named Jokuro Kano. If you've never heard of him, don't feel bad. So he was a Japanese man. He died in 1938. And Jokuro Kano was only five foot two inches tall. Okay, I'm five five, so he's probably about right here. Jokuro Kano. And his whole life he was bullied. His whole life. And so he wanted to do something about it, and so he came up with this martial arts called judo. Maybe you've heard of judo. It's now an Olympic sport. So if you're familiar with, with judo, what you do is it's not like other martial arts like、uh, karate or taekwondo or jeet kune do, which was developed by Bruce Lee. It's more defensive. So what you do is you use somebody else's weaknesses against them. So, you're kind of sizing them up, and instead of coming in with a punch, you knock them off balance. And you use their energy against them. It's really brilliant, actually. And Jokoro Kano, who is not Christian, he's Shinto, he says, and I'm quoting here, he said that there's plenty of spiritual analogies that can be made between judo. And the spiritual life. Because, in his words, the evil one sees our weaknesses, right? And he's trying to use it against us. Sounds a lot like St. Paul in Ephesians 6 when he says, Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers. Gentlemen, this is why I'm sharing this with you, dads. You and I become better fathers. When you are aware of what you need to work on and you do it. If you were attacking you with judo or spiritual judo, how would you attack? Whatever it is, your temper, worry, stress, getting short with my spouse, whatever it is. How would you attack? What's your weak point? Because if you shore that up, you're going to be a better dad. Believe me, I'm talking to me, it's all of us. We don't raise heroes, we raise leaders. When we raise leaders, they become heroes. Let's be honest. Most of us have had good experiences with our fathers, but some of us had very, very painful experiences. And some fathers have had painful experiences with their kids, too. Some fathers were not able to have biological children, they're more. Spiritual fathers. And so for each one of us, you know, this paternity resonates in the core of who we are, yeah? I'll close with this. Every Father's Day, I think of、uh, a man named Bill Havens and his son Frank. So in 1924, in Paris, they had the Olympics. And Bill Havens at the time was the captain. Of the Olympic rowing team, right? So he's, they loved him. He's very dashing, handsome, real fit, right? So happened the same day he was supposed to be in the Olympics in Paris, his wife was supposed to deliver their firstborn child. And so he's got to make a decision, right? Do I go to the Olympics or do I stay with my wife? Do I go to the Olympics? Do I stay with my wife? So his wife, his own wife, was like, honey, go. Just go. I'll be fine. 
But he prayed about it, and he said, no, I'm going to be with my wife. So he goes to his boss. He's like, I can't go. He's like, what? What do you mean you can't go? You're the captain. You have to be there. He's like, I can't go. My wife's going to have a baby. I've got to be here. He stayed. As luck turned out, she delivered their baby two weeks after the Olympics. For two full months, the media picked this man apart. His teammates picked him apart. They dragged his name through the mud. You abandoned us in our time of need. <laughs> Just stayed the course, right? So that was 1924. Fast forward 27 years later to 1952, not in Paris, but in Helsinki. This time, it wasn't Bill Havens that was leading the rowing team. It was his son, Frank, the guy that was born. So his son was leading the rowing team this time. So Bill is at home, and he's waiting on pins and needles to know what happened with my kid, right? How'd he do? So he gets this telegram, and this is what the telegram says. Dear Dad, Thank you for waiting for me to be born. Today, I'm coming home with the gold medal you should have won years ago. Last four words, you are my hero. <laughs> so he, Bill saved that Western Union telegram, had it framed, and in the Haven household, it was hanging on the wall right next to the gold medal. And he always said that was his gold medal. You are my hero. Gentlemen, I think you would agree. The only thing better about being the hero to your kid is that your kid is your hero to you. Well, how do we do that? Start here. Know your weaknesses. Be humble and be proud in the very fact that we are not parents, we're doing our best, we're making this up as we go, right? But it may well be that in our vulnerability and say, guys, your father is not perfect, I'm not perfect, but by God I did my best, this is what you got, right? That, that's a powerful, powerful lesson, and one day we may well live to see that our hero is indeed our kid.